we are not just a city, that we are more than just a community, that we're operating like a village. And in a village, each and every one of us is accountable, not only for our child or our children, but our children's friends and single parent moms, single parent dads, when we collectively stand together, locked in arms, there is no force or no energy that can stop us from molding and not even just molding, from creating bridges that allow kids and families to move out of generational poverty into economic wealth, 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 wealth. see I see you brother and um just like on so many accords the work that you're doing how you tap into people your observation how all those things manifest in the line is a, is a true testament to the work you've done to the experience and exposure you've been around and how it helps you to shape up and show up in the world just powerful Man, I appreciate it, man. And when I met you, I, when I heard you speak for the first time, I said, oh, man, I'm going to love this guy. <laughs> man, <laughs> I can I, learn I a lot you. from you. Yo, I was saying the same thing, bro. Um, I just popped back. I was like, wow, okay. Okay, so many thoughts aligned. Uh, and I think nothing is new in the universe in terms of connection. So even when I first met you, for me, it was like, Man, I've known this dude for years because, <laughs> you know what I mean? We, where we at is that deja vu feeling, and it's, it's, yeah. it's not by happenstance. Listen, man, when you meet like-minded kings, man, when you meet people that's, that's on that same frequency, that vibration, it does feel like family, man. And, you know, we all can folk, man, in some shape or form. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> Quick pause, uh. Peace, blessings, and elevation. Welcome to the freeway to elevation, where we're moving from just being present to moving in presence and understanding, observing, connecting, and creating the indelible impact that you were supposed to create on the universe because you are working in purpose with intention. So today, we got my amazing brother, King Vaughn of Lightwork Resources. Vaughn, give them a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you're working and your purpose with intentionality. Well, my name is Donald Vaughn Norwood. Um, you know, I try to distinguish the two names because um, I got my name from my father. Uh, he is a Donald as well, but we have different middle names. So I always went by my middle name and they always called me by my middle name. So I'm so used to my middle name that it's hard for me to go by my first name. But professionally, you know, I distinguish the two um, depending on how comfortable I am with you. <laughs> Let's say that. Um, so what I do is I'm a life coach. I've been a life coach for a few years now. Uh, I got a master's in social work from North Carolina Central University. Um, been a life coach since about 2014, actually. Um, I graduated in 2018 with my bachelor's, went back and got my master's and, um, and graduated in 2019 with that. 
And then I went on to open up a business right after, right? So we had a big year. 2019 was a huge year, right before COVID, right? Everything, sun is shining. <laughs> Got the property, set up the business. We do life coaching and therapy primarily. Um, my queen, who inspired me to become a social worker, um, is a licensed therapist. So um, after I graduated, I, you know, during those conversations, in 2016, I told her, I said, you know, I plan to open up a business, um, you know, right after I graduate. And, um, you know, I want you to be on board with me. And, and, and you know, that's a, that's a big risk, right? Because we're talking about uh, not, not first-generation business owners, but first-generation, first era in a while to have a business, right? So... So this was something big and it's something big for her because she is a first generation business owner in her family. So that's a big risk to take if you haven't took taken it or if nobody haven't, you know, um, taught you about business, right? So we was going off of faith, right? I, I knew what I wanted to do. I'm just trying to get her on board because she is she just has a brilliant mind. And I know with her, we can take it to the top. So, you know, through the, through our journey, 2019 come, I said, are you ready? She said, yeah. <laughs> and so we found the property. Um, and now we do therapy and coaching. And other than that, we have masters, um, master classes on relationships, um, parenting classes. We also have healing workshops and um, um, we also rent out space for other creators. That's another thing. We extend the olive branch for other creators to come in and do whatever they want to do or whatever their vision takes them and, and whatever their purpose takes them. Um, so they get to come in and create as well. And then right now we have a person that has, you know, created their vision with young children. And, you know, so she's doing a young children workshop, right? So, you know, we do a lot of things out of Lightwork Resources. That's why we named it Lightwork Resources and not just therapy and coaching, because there's so many things that we do out of one place. Um, so we gave it the name Lightwork Resources, Holistic Health Center. Look, there's so much power in that name, Lightwork Resources. When I think of it, First thing I'm telling people is light work is really heavy work, but it's light work because it's bringing things from the dark into existence. And, and, and I don't know which one of you all or if you created it together, but it's a beautiful vision of what this work is all about. Man, let me tell you, man, listen, I, I had this written down from 2016. So, in, you know, in school, they have like these templates and social work, you have to like create programs. And, and through this template, I'm like, man, it, the way that, you know, it's talking about budgeting, it's talking about mission statements and, you know, so an objective. So it's like, you can put your whole business plan <laughs> inside of this template. So that's what I did. I said, man, I'm gonna use this to write out my business plan and you know use it as a program and that's what I did and through that 
was a was a vision, right? It was my whole business laid out in front of me. So now it's something that not only am I talking about and speaking of, now it's actually on paper. And now you can see how it can be done. So now what you're speaking into the universe is now manifesting because you really thinking about it, right? You thinking about how it can be done, right? And, and through that mindset, it was a mindset change, you know, because this was all a part of my healing journey when I started this process. So, you know, I'm listening to powerful people, right? I'm listening to people who own businesses or, or, or people who talking about health um, on a mastery level. So my mindset is, 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 is focused on purpose. So with my purpose that I created and wrote down and now is written, now when I let her see what, what, what it is, now it's easy for her to say, let's do it, right? Because now, it's a, now, it, now she's more comfortable because now it's a plan in place. Right. So it was my vision and my plan, but it couldn't have came together without her, her work. Right? Because she's so intelligent in, in certain areas that I'm not. Right. And that's what you need in a partner, a partner that helps you in places that you're not um, well aware of. Right. And to help you be well aware of that skill. So now you can acquire a new skill. Right. So that's how we came together with this business. And and through her help, you know, I always bring her up because we we doing so much great work together. And I told her, because my let me let me tell you, mine, mindful, mine this that she graduated with a 4.0 in college. So she's a worker, an innate worker, right? She she's very focused and she's very driven. So I told her, I said, man, you, you, you work hard for everybody else. So I got to make sure you got another outlet. <laughs> and so working with me is just another outlet for her, and so she won't have to be so you know, so work won't be so suffocating, right? So the goal was just to create another outlet for her and for me, so I would have another option and just in case I didn't want to go straight into the work field. Here's what's so beautiful about what you just said. First and foremost, you highlighted the importance of differences being a positive. And I always kind of focus this thought on our cars if we drive, right? That car will not move without a positive and negative post. Not saying that that's the case, but saying that men are men and women are women. Yet they both bring an innate sense of power to a situation. But they're more powerful when they understand that Although my strengths may be your weaknesses, your weaknesses may be my strengths. Together, they work to create the most powerful force 
tied to balance, tied to yin and yang, tied mm. to chi, and more importantly, being willing to submit and being vulnerable and brave at the same time to elevate our impact and what a lot of people may not pay attention to is that every therapist need a therapist, every coach need a coach, because so often you deal with vicarious trauma, you're taking on different energies, and as a result of that, that's taking away from you, but to be able to have a mate or significant other whom you're able to pour back into because y'all both walking on the same journey and will constantly need to get the mission fuel you need to continue with the destination. Man, and that's, listen, it, and it takes work because even though she's a therapist and a coach and we know a lot about healing, we had to go on our separate healing journeys just to get here, right? So we both went on our healing journeys at the same time, right? We, we, I met her when I was 21 and she was 19. So I met her when she was a sophomore in college. And uh, so we was on and off. And through those years, our trauma, you know, was coming up in our relationship, right? And around about 25, maybe, 20, 24, 25, is when we started our healing journeys. Because we, what we said is we, want, we wanted to build an empire together. That's, that was her statement to me when we first got together. She asked me that I want to build an empire with her <laughs> at 19, right? So this old soul already knew what she wanted, right? So of course I said yes, but because she's everything I dreamed for. Right, just to give you that background of our relationship, like I literally asked the universe, and back then I prayed to God, right? So I prayed to God, I said, you know, this is what I want in a woman, right? And until, you know, I'm willing to wait for this in a woman, and I just be, you know, be friend and court and date, you know, and I'll be comfortable with that until I get these things right <laughs> and not not a year or two later <laughs> she come into my life via a friend i'm just talking to one of my homegirls that, that go that went to ecu because uh, she's a pirate and i was just saying you know you know hook me up one of her friends and she did and it was her right <laughs> so i met as soon as i seen i knew i wanted her because she's everything that i look for externally already so now once I get the vibe with her and, and picking her brain and I, I hear about her, she shares her humility with me and her trauma experiences on how she was raised, we instantly connect, right? Wow. But what I didn't know, that connection then, even though it was a lot of love inside of that connection, it was trauma bonded. Right. So and these words you understand in your healing journey, right? As you go through your healing journey, you understand things like trauma bonds and you know, us being professionals and what we do in the mental health field anyway, we're just accustomed to that word. But 
I didn't know then, right? And that could have right. been, we could have broke up because of that, right? So what I said was, because I'm a pretty calm guy, I said, in order for us to work, we have to um, do something, right? We have to <laughs> do something, right? I, I didn't know what that something was, but we can't, you know, just go create our trauma bonds and, you know, continue to be angry at each other. On, and, and continue to treat each other with disrespect, right? Because that's what we come from. We come from dysfunction and disrespect, right? We come from, you know, each parent challenging each other, or if you don't have any parents, you ain't gonna tell me nothing, right? So we come from those, you know, bonds, those trauma bonds, right? So that's when we started our healing journey because we wanted to be together. We love each other, you know, dearly, right? So we started our healing journeys and we started them together. We start, um, we start, you know, reading up because I was doing a lot of history, you know, research and stuff as well. So I, I went back to my roots and understand, you know, the history of healing through our ancestors and how they use the sun, you know, the, the stars, right? The moon, right? How they use natural things to heal. And I started there, right? And when I, when I found this type of healing, I gained a new perspective on spirituality because I was already understanding that the way it was taught to us wasn't, the way it, it is, right? That's one way. But what, what did we do before this, right? Because what I understood was we, we was taught through religion and religion was taught through slavery, right? So I'm like, hold on, we gotta take, we gotta understand that. And now we gotta disconnect to understand spirituality, right? So, that's what I did, right? I disconnected from religion to understand what spirituality is, right? Because all I knew from spirituality is it came from religion, right? Nobody taught me that spirituality came way before religion. It came from just having an appreciation for nature and, 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 and being guided by the sun, the moon, and the stars, and understanding that they can actually guide you, the North Star can guide you to the North, right? This is, it can be a compass for one thing and the sun actually gives you life, right? If without the sun, you will die, right? So these are spiritual things, right? These are things that's working, that's way bigger than you. It's just working off pure energy, right? And that's what spirituality is in a sense, it's just pure energy high level energy, right? That connects you to the source, right? And that's how we explain God in a sense. And it's very similar to religion, but it's quite natural in the organic sense of, of spirituality. So once I learned that, my whole life began to change. Mm. The, so, so here's one thing like, when you got into this conversation on spirituality, the, the other piece that stands out for me is that spirituality requires you to do the reset work 
to do the pausing, to reflect on how the, let me stop for a second. What you said was you was trained classically in a school with a degree in social work, a master's degree in social work, right? And so that gave you a set of methodologies, tools, resources, but you understood that even that had to come from somewhere else. And so what were people doing to govern themselves to be intentional, to be impactful, to do the healing work. And so you went back to the source. See, you're taking me back to the word of Sankofa, going back to move forward, right? And, and, And to see how we can truly help people requires us to be non traditional, requires us to leverage those tools, but understand that the universe is always creating. But more importantly, is nothing new under the sun, no pun intended. And the sun is the thing that gives energy to plants and trees so that they can grow. Same thing. It allows us to receive vitamin D. Then we get into oxygen, nature, all these things that exist around us. And it's a proven fact that the same time we go and we consume vitamin D pills, to be able to grab certain elements, <laughs> it's right here free for us by spending 15 minutes in the sun. Being right next to a tree will add other things. But the power in being in those spaces ties us back to the power of not just being present, but being present with present. Completely being mindful, as you talked about a little earlier, that awareness of appreciating and that's gratitude what's around us, watching and observing the birds, the animals, and other things and how they interact with one to another. And this is the, the brilliant um, answer to Dr. Amos Wilson. So, man, I, I want you to talk a little bit more about you gave us the history of you and your queen. You're a second in, in the influence and impact that either our parents, our significant others, or relatives who may be involved in our life, the impact that they have on us. And then those of us who may not have someone who has shown us the way, how can we? align ourselves on our life course because I consider you not a life coach but a master teacher and I consider you a master teacher because of the work you put in your passion and your alignment with who you are in this universe and understanding regardless of what professional qualifications we hold that doesn't abstain us from the trauma, from the obstacles, and embracing that so that we continue to elevate like we're supposed to. Well, well, let me first just piggyback because I heard a key word, mindfulness. And mindfulness is the compass that I use. Because the compass, the mindfulness should be everyone's compass. Because if we can just 
be still for a moment. When you said, when you talked about the interactions of the birds, you will see things like that when you be still. When you, when you talk about the, the breeze that you get from that tree, you will feel that when you be still. When we talk about just doing nothing, maybe breathing, because <laughs> we live high level lives, right? That keeps us moving. So if you constantly moving, then that means your heart is constantly moving. And that means you're intense, your, your breathing is intense. So that's where all the anxiety and, and the depression is coming from because it's so much energy being pulled out of you that you're drained. So when you go home about the end of the week, if you're not conscious of you being drained, you'll probably drain yourself in vices and then that will lead to the depression. So we have to, mindfulness is the core then the compass of everything that we do. And that's what we have to be conscious of. So that's what I talk about a lot with my clients, mindfulness. So they can understand mindfulness, understand the awareness and the stillness, and they can start there. You know, being mindfulness, being mindful of the thoughts, the emotions and the behaviors. So I just wanted to say that because you, when you when I heard that word, I said, man, that's that's it. Um, as far as you talked about raising the community, like the family upbringing. Uh -huh. I come from a two parent household. And a lot of dysfunction. Let me let me say that but a whole lot of love. You know, my mom, she was a stay-at-home parent for a long time. So we struggled financially because my father was the only one that worked. And he worked for a family-owned um, business. So, you know, sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. Um, and so he that stressed him out a lot. Right, you know, trying to raise a family. He, he was trying to raise three children uh, with one check, you know. So we lived in a predominantly black community, which was a prominent black community. All the old, um, the elders owned their homes, right? Well, at least most of them, right? Especially in the in where I was, the part I was in, and and um, just like any community we saw what the 80s did to the community. And now those grandparents have their children either in prison or addicted. And 90% of probably the people I grew up with, I didn't either know their father or parents had an addiction or not around at all. So the eighties completely wiped out a whole generation. And you can see it like looking back, 
you can see it how it was done. And that was one of the biggest reasons I became a social worker as well, because I was actually doing medical, being a, I was going to be a radiologist um, or radiographer, and I was going to be taking x-rays and stuff like that. And I, and I was going to get into the program. Like I was excelling, right? I'm about to get into the medical program and I take the social work class and it breaks down all these factors. It breaks down poverty, it breaks down the statistics, you know, the disparities amongst race. And I'm like, finally, it's something I'm really interested in. Like, this is something, this is just explain my whole community. I'm, I'm very interested and what else this book says, right? So, and that created uh, uh, interest in learning because I was really just flowing. Like, I'm just doing work and, you know, I'm just trying to get my 80,000 80, 80, a year, you know, I don't really care about nothing, living with no purpose. And this social work course gave me purpose. That was the first set of purpose that I had. I want to learn this book. I want to learn more about these statistics. I want to learn more and that opened my mind up into learning about the history of our people. And then that went on and just kept opening my mind up to more history and more history, right? So going, you know, I'll, I go off topic. So, you know, stay with me. <laughs> so coming back, man, I was raised by two, looking back at it, I was raised by two very strong-minded individuals one who routinely went to work, rode the bus and went to work, not no car for a long, for a long time. Rode the bus, walked about a mile or two down the road because I went to the high school right near his job. So one day I'm riding the bus going home and I see him walking and I'm like, man, that's where he be walking from? He be walking to that bus stop? I mean, it's, it's all the way down the road. So probably about a two to four mile walk that he do every day. So, so, and he recently passed when he, um, at about, he was, when he was about 65, uh, rest in peace. And, um, and one thing I said at his funeral, I said, cause he struggled with alcoholism too, right? So that's where the dysfunction came in the household alcoholism and you know the fights that they get in because of it so now as a kid i'm wondering as we don't have a family you know in the future and stuff like that so that's my trauma now now i got trauma of not knowing the unknown right if we is we're gonna split up we'll stay together because it's episodes of happiness and this episode of um dysfunction and strong dysfunction right so you you just didn't know Right. So I'm, you know, now I gotta find out how I'm gonna be comfortable with that. Right. So you can see how my trauma started a little bit, right? But me just having both parents, because my mom, she was a disciplinary, the teacher. <laughs> she made sure you wash your face and brush your teeth, like she did it all, right? She was the caregiver. And um and the protector. So 
that put a lot of stress on her, right? But the way they stayed together for a purpose, they had a purpose that they made a commitment to raise children and that's what they did. And they, and they, it was many conversations where they had to have with themselves to say, we gotta do better for the kids. And without that conversation, I don't know if I'll be here today because everybody's family was, was, was wiped out. We was one of the last families left in terms of a two-parent household from both biological parents. So if they wouldn't have had them, that's when I say that they mental strength, if they wouldn't have had the mental strength to say, we got to put the drugs down because we made a commitment to raise these children. If they wouldn't have had that conversation, I don't think I would be here today because we were a community with a whole bunch of other kids that we was all friends with, family, you know, and that and the environmental trauma is what creates the dysfunction as a, from an individual standpoint. If they were to be dysfunctional and to continue to be dysfunctional and not change then I will probably listen to my environment more than I listen to my parents. So by them making a conscious decision and say, we got to change for the betterment of the children, they became heroes because, because now my mom, this is why I don't downplay religion because Religion saved my mom and say essentially saved our household. Because without it, I don't know if they would have stopped using it. Because she was the leader of our household. She was the most vocal. So if she wouldn't stop, then he wouldn't stop. And we probably wouldn't be here today. So I give it all to them, first and foremost, because they made that conscious, conscious decision to say, we got to do better for our children. And I tell people that success is this easy. Start with a two-parent household. That's how easy success is. You know what, V? Um... And, and I hope everybody is getting the meat of what you're saying. You know, particularly you, being a social worker, your queen, being a therapist. There are so many young people who are in foster care, who don't have two-parent households, who may see people in two-parent households because you can be present again and not have present. So. 
it can be just as damaging. And I know, uh, and just in full transparency, uh, I did, you know, X amount of years in the military, 25 to be exact. Numerous deployments, won't get into how many, but seen a lot of things. And so I have two daughters. And there were times when I did things that didn't that I didn't recognize. And so there was a time, just an a, a intersection, just like you explained between your parents, where I had to really evaluate me and see how I was showing up and the impact and damage that I may have caused. But I blamed everybody has faults and fallacies. And so I blame that, but that was the victim mentality. And so fast forward to when you actually, once you know, then you have an accountability and responsibility to make changes. And not everybody wants to see you change for the better. So when you disconnect to focus on you, to elevate you so you elevate your family, so you elevate your community, so that you elevate everybody you interact with, I think it was so powerful how you just explained that whole scenario so people understand that it's okay to fall, but get back up, dust yourself off, put some alcohol on them scars, and continue to move forward because for without failure, there's no growth. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's it's powerful, man. It, it, it's tears of joy just listening to you because it's 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 been a struggle to come to that understanding and and once you do you know it it brings clarity and a wise mm-hmm. person told me freedom clarity is freedom yes yes liberation look the other thing what i learned is like some of my friends uh, would say, hey, look, let's do this or let's do that. They will try to take you off course. But another point you talked about, let's say the alcoholism, let's say the 80s, you're talking about the crack epidemic, which is what I grew up in. And so you've seen so many things. But the one thing that someone who would try, even if we're not talking about physical slavery, there's a system set up, designed, for you to be off course. And it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, what gender you are. The goal is to increase the amount of revenue that they're able to generate. So they will use your addiction to make their profit. Yeah. So we have to understand that in, in, in that addiction, and it could be anything, I am going to get you off course. Let's use the music industry, how I continually send subliminal messages that cause you to operate outside of your normal character. And I use uh, visual through television and, and movies to make certain things okay, but then make it look like the people are actually the criminals. Yeah. When the the problem is coming from a bigger perspective. Now, not exonerating those who create these things, but until people become awakened or aware of these things, 
it's difficult to change it, which is why we need, like I told you, although title is life coach, you're a master teacher, right? Until I connect with someone who can help me call and understand that even in my personality, sometimes that will make my addiction stronger, particularly if you're melanated people, because it's a chemical that binds it. And so it makes it a whole lot easier for that addi addiction to be more powerful and more difficult to break it, which is why you need a, a professional on many occasions to help move you from the space that you stuck from. That's, that's very so I say all that to get your opinion on where we're at in this world today. How do we help? What strategies do we put in place to help people move beyond those intersections? And when there's not two parents in the home or no parent or someone positive, what do we do to help empower the young people and adults in those situations? Well, um, and before I touch on that, um, I just want to touch on my brother and my sister as well and give them a shout out because they had a lot of help in raising me as well. Because I'm the baby um, out of the family. Um, and, you know, my sister, she she brought me my first pair of Nikes and, and that helped me with my with my swagger. Right. That made me. That first pair of Air Force Ones made me very confident because of how, um, you know, socially, socially accepted, right? So these was the socially accepted shoe and I got it. And that, that propelled me to a um, new level of confidence outside of um, already being a good basketball player early. And I learned that from watching my brother play. So I, he used to have to take me to the park you know, unwillingly, of course. And he used to have to watch out for me. So he would just say, sit right here and watch me. And so I'm watching all these guys play basketball. So I got a chance to pick up on it early. So I was good early. And that gave me my confidence as well. So both of them gave me a level of confidence early to be comfortable um, with my own skin. Um, so I had to give them a shout out. And, um, in terms of strategies, what I would say is listen. I, I think that's one of the problems we have is we come in with strategies. This is what you should do. This is what, and they be like, listen, <laughs> I don't even know who you is. <laughs> so in this social media era, we got to get back to just going to the people going to meet the people that's that's what made farrakhan so great right that's what made the muslims so great was because they go into your community and they come and talk to you directly uh -huh. and they listen and then they tell you <laughs> so it's, it's a way to tell somebody but you probably should listen first to see what they need see what their problems are to see how you can help them with that first and then transaction, right? I need you to rewind that because I want everybody to hear as professionals, we don't have all the answers. The people are approximate to the problem, approximate to the solution. So rewind what you just said one more time. I said, man, we just gotta listen. You know, don't try to come in 
like if we got strategies, it's okay to have strategies, but don't come in and, and act like you you know exactly what they need and know exactly how you about to do your strategies because they don't care about your strategies. First and foremost, they care about what's happening right now. What's happening right now is we don't know. So let's listen to what they have to say and what they actually need and see how can we assist them in that purpose and then to so so they can listen to our purpose. And powerful, powerful, powerful on so many accords. What you just explained, not the listening piece, but what happens when we don't listen and we go in. I use this analogy. When people use a checkbox, other people check out. Because to your point, how many organizations come in with their strategies and never engage with those who are experiencing it. And they have a plethora of knowledge and information and we're going off of data that's being reported, but it may not be the whole story. So being able to one, not be perceived as a poverty pimp, right? <laughs> so we, we're going in here and, and we're telling them and we're not engaging them. And then we often say, well, you know, they had enough time and they hadn't figured it out. But at the same time, all the professionals had opportunities too and they hadn't figured it out. So let's try to figure it out together by having real communication, which is not me just telling you and you listening, but us having an even exchange of information. Yeah. And, that's, so and that I, makes it transactional. Yes. And that's that's pretty much what healing is when we talk in relationships. Relationships are transactional. Nothing is unconditional, but you coming from your father and your mother. That's the only thing that's unconditional. Everything, every other relationship is transactional. You have to give something to get something. And if you don't give as much as the other person is giving, then they may end. <laughs> the, the relationship so all relationships are transactional you gotta give in order to receive that's reciprocity so you, you it's funny I, I had this powerpoint that says um from trans transactional to transformational right and so yeah. like when we understand to your point that there's reciprocity in everything that's when we know it's solid. Uh, you got me. You got oh, me. Yeah, I pause. Yeah, I pause. I got you. Thanks, thanks, thanks. My computer died. It said it had a couple of more percentages left. I guess it tapped out on. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Uh, you good? You good? Let look. You, you I'll pick up where you was at because that was some uh, <laughs> great uh, information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you was talking about the um, transactional piece in terms of relationships, and you know, community relationships are the same. It's transactional. You have to, you know, see what they need and see what see what they need from you and um, see what you can assist them with in order to for you to impute your program and assist them with uh, what you feel like you can help them with. Hey, hey, hey V, 
So, you know, it's this powerful African proverb that says the child who doesn't feel the warmth of the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Mm. Same thing with community, mm. right? The reason why we were given dominion over the universe, the animals, uh, the sea creatures and so forth was because of our ability to connect as a community and understand that anything we do should be from a village concept and not individual. Because if an individual is in isolation, he or she will have the mental health issues, will have physical issues. They will often struggle, right? So the, the more we are willing and understand our interdependence one to another, the more we elevate, which is why we need the life coaches, the therapists, the, 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 the mathematicians and so forth, and being able to be comfortable and being uncomfortable, one, because change is the only constant. Yeah. And that's where our growth comes in that. But the bigger thing is understanding that that's what we have family for, biological family and community family. That's what elevates us. So I want you to take us home with your thoughts around how do we continue to heal individually and as a community. Individually? How can we heal? Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking specifically to, to and, you know. Oh, oh no, I'm thinking because the easy answer is, is listen to yourself, right? Um, because that's where everything starts. Because healing is, is holistic. It's not just a mental aspect. It's, it's not just about your psychological and emotional well-being, but it's also about your physical and your spiritual well-being. So I would say tap into those, right? Tap. How do you feel mentally? How is your emotional and psychological well-being? How is your physical well-being, right? Is your breathing correct, right? Do, do you feel like you got a lot of mucus, right? That's that's something Dr. Sebi taught me about, right? Every disease starts with mucus. So do you feel a lot of joints, you know, pain in your joints, right? So physical pain, right? How do you feel? How does your body feel? Um, you know, we, we talked about emotionally, right? We talked about socially, how you feel, how's your relationships? Um, and then spiritually, how do you feel spiritually, right? Are you spiritually connected? Um, so just by answering those questions will start your journey. And um, so I would say start there um, because the biggest key is listening to yourself, right? We don't, we don't do enough of that. So that's, that's the start of the journey. Just being mindful, just listening to yourself, being comfortable with listening to yourself, right? That's that sacral chakra and that solar plexus, right? Being more intimate with yourself, looking in the mirror. How, what do you see? How do you feel about what you see? You know, looking, you know, that's that's important because that goes into their self-worth, right? What you see is um, what you feel and, and what you feel is what you value, right? So we tap into those things first and start there 
And I, and I believe that will give you the answers on your healing journey as an individual. Community-wise, I already said, listen to the community members, right? If you want to be more active, get inside the community, right? There's no excuse, right? It's no, if you, they right there. Everybody's in this particular place. If you know where that place is at, go into that community, ask them how can you be of service to them. And, you know, starting from the community on to the, um, you know, management board, you know, and whoever else you got to get in touch with politically um, to get things done. But community, we just, we got to listen to each other and, and try to trust each other more. Um, because due to broken homes, due to, like you said, if, if, if you don't teach the boy, he'll burn, burn the place down. If you don't treat him with love, if you don't treat him with care, he's going to burn the village down. And that's what's happening, right? We burning the village down because nobody is showing the youth the amount of love and support that they need. Um, this is how, you know, so they choosing what other ways to cope and it may be through vices. Um, so really listen and really care about the community and the people that's inside the community and start there because there's no easy answer. There's no strategy. It's really just a lot of communication, a lot of listening and a lot of support. And if we just start there, then we can bond with each other enough to see exactly what we need to do together. But right now we just need togetherness. <laughs> that's right. And that's just- It can't be. Look V, I'm sitting here laughing when you said that cause you can't have a neighborhood without a neighbor. <laughs> that's true, man. And you know, I just want—I don't even want to focus on strategies or solutions until we just get the love back, man. We don't, you know, um, once we became integrated, the love slowly and gradually start pulling apart, and it started to be more competitive. Um, so everything is competition, and now we just got to get back. <laughs> I'm not your enemy. I'm not trying to compete with you. I'm genuine, I genuinely care about you and I sincerely love you as a human being. Powerful, powerful. V, tell the people, one, how they can follow you, how they can connect with you, how they can leverage your services and resources. Um, well, I, I haven't been on social media in a while, but at Lightwork Resources, um, Instagram, they can reach me there um, at love all underscore hate no one is my personal account, um, Instagram. And um, email lightworkresources at gmail.com or hit the website light dash workresources.com. Um, and, you know, if you want to have a conversation, just hit the contact list and tell me what you need. But that's how that's how you can reach us. Lightworkresources at gmail.com, lightworkresources.com, and um at lightworkresources IG. Powerful. Look, 
I told y'all I don't bring anything but fire in here. And as always, Vaughn came in here. Donald Vaughn King the second. I need y'all to pay attention to that. <laughs> the brilliant master educator, master teacher, barber, understander of life and continually uh, navigating his own journey, but uplifting us along the way. Special shout out to this amazing brother who I consider a brother. If you're in a rally area, need services, connect to the website. Got Vaughn teaching, uh, uh, helping people navigate the life skills piece and life navigation and understanding of self. And his queen is the therapist. So it's a whole connected family that's going to provide the services, the support, and just the opportunity for you to better yourself and better your condition and maybe even better your community by way of mastering the other two. Tap in when you can. Peace and blessings. Love, my question, are you living to die or are you dying to live? Nice. I was just getting ready to ask you to uh, give him one last parting thought and you just killed it. But also, give me one thing that you're grateful for before we tap up out of here. Besides life itself, being able to breathe and limbs being able to work and me being able to smile. Um, besides that, my family, my immediate family, my extended family, um, I couldn't be there. I couldn't be me without them. Um, the universe as a whole, you know, I'm just happy to be here, right? I'm just happy to have understanding of life and I'm, I'm happy to share with, you know, my experiences and life itself with anybody who's willing to listen. So I'm, I'm grateful for everything and all things. Y'all heard it. Just in case you didn't know, gratitude adds seven years to your life. Vaughn probably just added another 40 years to his life because he understands the importance of breath, the importance of the connection to the cosmos, uh, what we call this great universe. And when we operating from the highest vibration in the universe, which is love, everything equitable is out, right? So tap in, follow this amazing brother. And we'll catch you on the next one. Salute, family. Love. We are not just a city. Then we are more than just a community. That we're operating like a village. And in a village, each and every one of us is accountable. Not only for our child or our children. But our children's friends. And single parent moms, single parent dads. When we collectively stand together locked in arms there is no force or no energy that can stop us from molding and not even just molding from creating bridges that allow kids and families to move out of generational poverty into economic wealth 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 wealth, wealth.